This is Ion Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome back to Ion Foxborough. I'm Chris Mason. In today's episode, I'm going to be joined by Mark Daniels, and we're going to break down the 34-0 skunking that happened at Gillette Stadium on Sunday. We're going to dive into Mac Jones. How much blame does he deserve? We've got differing viewpoints on that. Bill Belichick's future, is he the guy that should lead them through a rebuild? Because it's really looking like a rebuild right now. And we're actually going to have players of the game, too. We came up with three. I think mine are better than Mark's, but you can be the judge of that. Before we get to the pod, though, I've got two promo codes for you. If you use promo code MASKET at Caesars, bet $50, you will get $250 in bonus bets. That's MASKET, M-A-S-S-G-E-T. And at BetMGM, if you use promo code MASSLIVE, you'll get a deposit match up to $1,000. One Monday Night Football bet that I like is over 45 and a half points. We've got the Packers and Raiders squaring off. I think both defenses kind of stink. So I think there's going to be a lot of points. It's also always fun to bet the over. It's way better than betting the under. So that's one for Monday night, and let's get to the pod. Welcome back to the Ion Foxborough podcast. I'm Chris Mason here with Mark Daniels, and we're going to break down an absolute bloodbath in Foxborough. That's one way to put it, Chris. That is one way to put it. You know, there's always those scenes in the movie like Game of Thrones or like Gladiator. You sort of expect something to go wrong, and then it does. And you're like, oh, yeah, that was that, that beheading in Game of Thrones is really kind of what I expected. It was gruesome. But then you get the Patriots coming out of a blowout loss in Dallas. And you say, oh, could I really get that bad? No, no. The Patriots head were it was back on that chopping block. And um, it was bad, man. 34 nothing, two blowouts in a row. The Patriots have been outscored, what, it's like 72-3 to three over the past two games. Um, the arrow is pointing down. The wheels have come off in Foxborough. And we're here to take you all, take you all through it. Yeah, they've scored one touchdown in the last three games. And it like hasn't been surprising when you watch the way they're playing, where on offense, they're not doing anything well right now. Passing game can't get going. Running game can't get going. The offensive line isn't run blocking. They're not pass blocking. It's brutal all around. It's the worst offense I've ever seen as someone who's been you know covering this team for 10 seasons now. Um, the last touchdown the Patriots have scored was by their third string tight end, Farrell Brown, against the New York Jets in the rain. It's it's been so bad, Chris. I I don't really know where the Patriots can go from here, and and I understand the easy talking point is you need a better quarterback. Yeah, you do. But I I also would say you need a better offensive line, maybe a better run game. You need better receivers, maybe tight ends who can block. You need kind of everything. There's not an easy fix here unless all of a sudden the Patriots trade for Patrick Mahomes, and from what I understand, he will not be traded. Yeah, probably not. I do want to dive into the quarterback a little bit, though, because I thought this was a huge this was going to be a huge day. You know, when I'm walking into the stadium, you know, we're going to see we're going to see how Mac responds to. I mean, I thought Dallas was the worst performance of his career. Yes. This one probably wasn't that bad because the second pick is really just Ty Montgomery handing the ball away. But I mean, he was brutal right from the jump. His first three passes were nowhere near their targets. Guys couldn't reel him in. And the fourth one's a pick six. You fall behind again and you just couldn't get anything going all day. 
Mac Jones looks lost. Um, in the first three games, he entered that Dallas week ranked, you know, in the top 10 in passing yards and passing touchdowns. And it wasn't perfect, but I said, ah, oh, you know what? Statistically speaking, he's actually off to the best start of his career. So maybe this is something, right? You can only go up. I was wrong. You can you can go down. We we've seen Mac go down. He looks skittish. It looks like he's lost his confidence. He doesn't trust himself. He's not making throws that we've seen him make in the past. Like the thing about Mac Jones was he's accurate. You know, between like 10 and 20 yards, he makes good decisions. He's a smart guy. He's not making good decisions. He's no longer accurate. He looks broken. If I need to place a blame on this, Chris, anyone who listens to our podcast will know what I'm about to say. It is the offensive line. Mac Jones is currently brutal, and I blame the offensive line. I mean, that's an excuse for a guy who has run out of excuses. But I I find it hard for me to sit up here and say, you know what? There are 30 other quarterbacks in the NFL who would succeed in the in the current Patriots like offensive system, I think that number is like five. I, I don't think there are many quarterbacks here who would survive or would really do well under the current circumstances. Not, I'm not saying Mac Jones is the guy because he increasingly does not look like the guy, but things are so poorly. You blame someone, Mac, but you have to blame it on sort of everyone. Everyone gets the blame here. On the flip side, though, I don't know how many other quarterbacks in the league would look as bad as Mac has looked these last two weeks, where I understand the offensive line isn't helping things, but even when he has time, he looks afraid. He's he's just not making smart decisions. And that was the thing. That's always been the book on him. You're right, smart and accurate, and you're just not seeing that. That's what he was in his rookie year. Do you think there's a chance that he might have just hit his ceiling as a rookie? You know, he was coming out of Alabama. He was supposed to be uh, maybe the most polished quarterback in his draft class, quintessential, like, high floor, low ceiling guy. Do you think that might have just been his ceiling? I think his his confidence and psyche was damaged last year under the Patricia Joe Judge reign. And what we saw here is that under a small amount of adversity, it it made him it made him regress. You know, I, I always found the interesting thing about Mac Jones and being like you know, the, the ceiling floor argument was like, how many players come into the NFL and who they are as a rookie is who they will they'll only be. It's honestly rare. And, and I feel like with Mac. I wouldn't be surprised if one day he's better than he's showed here in New England. I kind of expect it to be somewhere else at this point. I, I do wonder if it'll be like a Ryan Tannehill type situation. The guy who goes from Miami to Tennessee, then he's finer. Oh, Geno Smith, you know, was, you know, a backup quarterback before he got a chance with Seattle. You know, like if Mac eventually finds his way to somewhere like Kyle Shanahan and he's, you know, playing for like the 49ers, it wouldn't surprise me if he had success, but the way things are structured in New England with Bill Belichick, unless there's a complete overall scheme change, regime regime change, I don't see it getting better for him here. I don't think it's all about him. I think it's a combination of what has happened here in New England, and maybe at the end of the day, he will be better, Chris. But it's it's hard to hard to see it. Either way, I think they're riding out this year with him. That's some of the immediate like, well, where do they go from here? It's like they're gonna stick with Mac. They literally cut Bailey Zappi six weeks ago. Like that tells you everything that you need to know about how they felt about him in his summer. They were willing to lose him. Will Greer, I asked Bill about on Friday. doesn't seem like he's really in the conversation right now. Malik would be very fun, but he's definitely a project on the practice squad. I don't see him starting an NFL game anytime soon. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be Mac here on out for the rest of the year. I also think like it would be hard probably for Bill Belichick to start Bailey Zappi. And the truth is this, guys, Bailey Zappi's not that good. Um, he was horrible in training camp. He was so bad that, as Chris said, the Patriots cut him. No one claimed him, and he was on the team's practice squad. I do wonder if things continue to go this way, if they'll try Will Greer. At the very least, he'd be someone different, you know, kind of a veteran, sort of. 
you know, maybe that's an avenue they take. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to try Will Greer because, you know, Bailey Zappi sort of stunk in training camp and Max failing now. Maybe they try something like that. But Chris is right. They're probably going to ride with Mac Jones. And Bill Belichick even said after the game, Mac Jones is still a starting quarterback. I think he said, quote, it certainly wasn't all on him. Yeah, that's the truth. The, The issues for the Patriots, to me, Chris, run so deep. Here's a question for you. How do you fix this team? I think you're going to have to blow it up eventually. There's no easy fix. And that's the thing. It's not like, oh, well, if you just fix this one thing and maybe cleaned up something over here in this game, they were bad at everything. Like I would challenge you to find one thing they did well in this game. I don't know that you could. No, you you can't because the offensive line, you know, according to all the analytics, they have the worst pass blocking offensive line in the NFL. In fact, ESPN stats and next gen stats, they had the Patriots like pass win rate or pass block win rate was essentially how long are the offensive linemen blocking? How long are they giving the quarterback to throw the ball? The Patriots win rate was somewhere around 37%. It was the last dead last in the NFL coming into this week. It's the worst since 2017 when they actually started keeping the stat. I found that interesting. So, all right, you're not giving your quarterback enough time to throw. You need a better offensive line. Another area is just with their weapons. You know, we've we've really harped on this a lot, but Jacoby Myers last year finished tied for 16th in the NFL with 22 receptions on third down. He was very clearly Mac Jones's go-to guy, and he had been for the last, you know, two years. This year, entering this game, Patriots were leading receiver on third down was Demario Douglas with four catches. Demario Douglas, by the way, is your fourth receiver, a six-round pick out of Liberty, and he's the only guy making plays on third down at a consistent rate. He even did so today before he suffered a concussion, so... I look at it and I say, oh, man, the Patriots need a Jacoby Myers, someone who's consistently open on third down. They don't have it. They need a better offensive line. They don't have it. It's it's just really, really tough to like come up with like, oh, yeah, the Pats are going to all of a sudden be better because I don't I don't see it. No, and they absolutely miss Jacoby to the point where I was looking it up during the game. He averaged about 40 first downs a year in the passing game um, through his three years as a full time player. And it's like, yeah, they absolutely cannot move the chains right now. They need someone like that. They just don't have them. And I think today is a great example where if I was a defensive coordinator and I was playing the Patriots, the first thing I would do is take away Hunter Henry. I'd be like, all right, this is Max guy. We're not letting him beat us. And that's what the Saints did today. Hunter finished with no catches. And shockingly, the Patriots scored no points. You know, there's a correlation there. Exactly. You take away Hunter Henry and there's no one else who's stepping up at a, you know, at a consistent rate. And another part of this, too, is honestly Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, I think a part of the reason Ramondre is currently averaging 2.8 yards per carry is because the offensive line is really poor. But also Ramondre isn't breaking enough tackles and he he's not he's not gaining yards after contact like he was last year. I mean, this is a guy last year who ran for a thousand yards, averaged five point yards per carry. And he finished with 69 receptions. The Patriots were so worried about you know, him wearing down, they gave him a lighter off season. You know, they added Zeke Elliott to replace Damian Harris. And they really said, they really built this team around this guy saying, Hey, we're going to run the ball efficiently. The run game is going to be great. It's going to set up the pass game. Well, it's kind of hard when your running backs aren't making big plays and the offensive line isn't opening up holes for them. It just compounds the issue because when you can't run the ball, it sort of makes it very obvious. You have to throw the ball. And when you can't pass block, your quarterback doesn't have enough time to throw the ball. It just all sort of adds up to this absolute jumbled mess where Mac Jones seemingly has lost it. It also makes it very difficult to run the ball when you're going down by two scores in the first half of almost every game you play. That's four times in five games this year. The Patriots have been down by 14 plus in the first quarter or first half rather. And I mean, you spotted Derek Carr's Saints team, 21 points um, less than 20 minutes into the game. You're not going to just like run the ball to come back from that. That's not how football works. 
It was tough. And that wasn't the only part of this game that was tough, Grace. I mean, defensively, without Matthew Judon and Christian Gonzalez, I thought they lacked in certain moments. They give up a lot of big plays. And now it was, I, I would say this, the Patriots defense struggled in spurts, but I and I wasn't overly impressed. And an issue with this team consistently is they're not forcing turnovers. Like the Patriots offense needs help. They're not really getting it from their defense in terms of like getting the ball back or defensive scores, which they did at a tremendous rate last year. This Saints team came into this game not scoring over 20 points this season. And they finished with, what was it? They, they hit the 21 point mark in the second quarter and then they scored 34 points i just it, it made me look at it and say oh man I, I think we're in for some trouble here going forward without judon and gonzalez just you know worry. we have jimmy g and the raiders next week that's fine but we have to play the bills and dolphins back to back i think it's going to get messy you lost probably your two best players in defense i don't think the patriots have anyone who can step up in those shoes and on top of it they're not creating turnovers it, it's just problems man lots of problems the takeaways are a real issue um through two games i mean through through five games they have two takeaways this year that ranks 30th in the league tied for 30th the only team with fewer takeaways in the patriots is the raiders who have also played fewer games because they're on monday night tomorrow night well that's not great no and guess what guys the problem isn't just the defense it's not just the offense it's also special teams rookie kicker chad ryland has made 50% of his field goals to start this season. It is not ideal. Nick Folk came into this week connecting on 10 of 10, and I believe he was perfect again today for the Tennessee Titans. Man, the Patriots really wanted to get a kicker who could kick the ball off and have a bigger leg. They have that in Chad Ryland. Unfortunately, Chad Ryland is not accurate. Chris, it's not completely surprising, is it? It really isn't. And the Folk thing is a little bit of an oversimplification where he can't kick off to the point where you had to have two kickers on your active roster for a couple games last year when Bill decided it was important enough. You go back to just having full kickoff at the end of the year in Buffalo, two kickoff return touchdowns. We all know how that game went. So while you, it's easy to look at his like field goal stats and be like, he's a like, look at that. And he is a really good kicker. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like he was the perfect option. Um, but across the, I mean, the, the mental mistakes on special teams were baffling today. Like Jabril Peppers, fair catching uh punt at the five yard line matthew slater had two penalties preppers also he uh muffed a punt and he knocked it out of bounds that was a smart play that was a smart play um the patriots though you think about it last year you know they had an all pro punt returner and marcus jones and i think maybe that's something we've glossed over marcus jones was a weapon last year they used him a little bit on offense on on special teams he was a huge spark i mean he single-handedly won you a game against the jets because your offense couldn't score now all of a sudden marcus jones might be done for the season or at least you know out for a while and, you know, they don't have really a punt returner who can step up in his absence. I, you know, Jabril struggles today. And yeah. so you look about it, like, all right, their coverage units struggled. Joe Cardona, by the way, is struggling to snap the ball. Their rookie, their rookie kicker is making only half his field goal attempts. And your returners aren't elite. Man, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say other than this Patriots roster right now at its current state is horrible. Yeah, and like Ty Montgomery is returning kickoffs. I there's no explosion there. It's it's bad, man. It's bad across the board. It's bad. And Chris, I, I do wonder if we're trending towards a spot where you just sort of say, you know what? Um, this might be Bill Belichick's last year. It, it doesn't always end well for coaches in the NFL unless you retire out on top. You know, um, Bill, Bill Belichick didn't do that. And I, I don't see an easy season for him at the when you combine the injury rate that the team has had, the players they're missing, the problems on offense. I see another sub-500 team and perhaps, you know, a new head coach in 2024. I mean, and you got to take a step back for a second, right? If you're going to tear this down and rebuild it, 
what gives you the confidence right now that Bill is the guy to do that, where their drafts have not been good for a while now? Their their 2022 draft might go down as one of the worst in team history. And, and honestly, their free agent acquisitions haven't really done much. So we were talking a lot about today, right, on, on every week, talking about the problems on offense. The Patriots did an offense this offseason, what they added to their offense in free agency. Juju Smith-Schuster, James Robinson, Mike Kosecki, Riley Reef, Calvin Anderson. Riley Reef got benched in training camp. Calvin Anderson has been benched. He was a healthy scratch today. James Anderson got cut. Juju Smith-Schuster has been not good, and Mike Kosecki really hasn't been a big part of the offense. None of those moves worked. None of those moves really made you better. I mean, other than that, they nailed it, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just don't. Nothing about this team, this roster, the way they're playing inspires confidence that like Bill is the one to fix it. And it, it's crazy that they have had two players from that uh, 2022 draft active the last couple of weeks. And those are Bailey Zappi and Sam Roberts. You whiffed so many times in that draft. And that's another thing where like you should really take a like a, a, at least a year to evaluate a draft class where people get super high on rookies really quickly. But it takes time for these things to really shake out. And even Max draft year, everyone thought that was an amazing draft. And you look at the first picks now where it's like, okay, well, Mac, not really looking like the guy. Uh, Christian Barmore still hasn't really blossomed into the player that everyone thinks he has the potential to be. It's not like they knocked that one out of the park either. No, no. Um, maybe their last really good draft was probably 2020 um, with Kyle Duggar, Josh Uche, and Michael Wenu. That draft, um, that's when Dave Ziegler was sort of, you know, running the personnel department and Ziegler went off to, you know, Vegas with Josh McDaniels and they replaced him with Matt Groh. And in the last two off seasons, it's been, um, it hasn't been good for the Patriots. The team really, really needs some help. And the way you get help in the NFL guys is uh, by trading, signing or drafting players. And the Patriots just haven't done a great job of that. And, you know, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to get better. Yeah, this 2021 draft, you went Mac Jones, Christian Barmore. Okay, third round pick was Ronnie Perkins who never played a snap for the team. Ramondre in the fourth round, great pick. But then Cam McGrone, Josh Bledsoe, Will Sherman, and Trey Nixon. So that's another draft that you're not really getting anything from. And I think you're seeing that play out with this roster where, um, you know, when you completely whiff on drafts or mostly whiff on drafts two or three years, it's just not going to translate well. In that 2022 class, those are the players right now that should be making, you know, the second year leap. It's always such a big thing in the NFL. Yeah, They got nobody doing that. Nobody's doing it, and unfortunately, it, it might cost Bill Belichick, one of the greatest coaches of all time, his his job. I don't see Robert Kraft sticking with Bill if this is a five win team. You know, I mean, it's it's really hard to you know when you're you're an NFL owner, it's it's hard to justify all the losings. But if this goes the way the way we think it might, Bill Belichick will have had losing seasons in what three out of the last four years. So you know, it's uh yeah, not I, great. I was looking at Robert in his box today, and like. During the third quarter, he wasn't in his seat. He was just up walking around, talking to people because the game was going the way it was. By the end of the game, they weren't even in there. So I he can't be happy with this. And the Shula thing is becoming less and less relevant by the week, right? Where it does not look like he's going to catch him like in two years. This is a mess right now. It's, it's a mess. And um, unless Mac Jones suddenly turns into Tom Brady, it's not going to get better. So we like to do a player of the game on this podcast. <laughs> who uh, Who is your player of the game here? Yeah, I've really been thinking hard, Chris. Um, there are two guys who stuck out to me, and you can take one of them if you really want. Um, Demario, Demario Douglas made the only third down, third down catch that went for a um, first down. 
for the Patriots. Um, that was positive. Um, after that, I'd say Juwan Bentley played well. He had a sack, led the team in tackles. So you picked two guys that got hurt. Yes. Yes. Two guys that got hurt. Yeah. Other than that, you know what? I'll give uh, credit to the, uh, the staff on the field. I think um, the people who were working in the Gatorade bucket did a great job. Um, maybe maybe the officials. They did fine. I don't know. I mean, it looked like Jabril, Jabril was cramping up. So I don't know how well the Gary guys were doing. Um, but your two players of the game didn't finish that game. And I think that's an indictment. One guy who I actually did think was good was uh, Jelani Tavai. He's just he's playing hard to the very end. And this game was over in the third quarter. You know, it's bad when Bill postgame gets the like, why did you pull Mac? And he's like, it was 31 to nothing at the end of the third quarter. And it's like, yeah, no, that makes sense. But, you know, still going to ask and just make sure or whatever. Um, yeah. But I guess I, I would go to buy. I, I, I like to I like to buy over the Gatorade guy, but it might be it might be a close one, too, for me. Yeah. So, yeah, that's about going to do it for this episode of Eye on Foxborough. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you further on down the trail. This has been Ion Foxborough, brought to you by Mass Live. <laughs>